Just in and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network. So whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. This is, or I don't know, you know, I guess it's the internet, uh, podcast people. Uh, it's Andy Richter with another episode of uh, The Three Questions. Yeah, that's what it's called. And uh, I'm really happy today to be talking to Phoebe Bridgers, uh, who is uh, an amazingly talented uh, artist, singer, songwriter, and... Um, do you get uh, wise beyond your years? Do you get that kind of thing? Um, I feel like only from. Are we allowed to curse on this? Yeah, of course. Fuck I feel yeah. like I feel like only from people who are trying to fuck me. You know, like I feel like. <laughs> oh boy, I I stepped off right on the right foot. Oh, <laughs> no, but like Jesus my Christ. mom, like I feel like my friends are like, God, you're such an idiot. Uh, I mean, yeah, sure. Like, like when people only know my music. Yeah. Um, and haven't seen like my Twitter or whatever. Sometimes I get, oh, wow, I laugh so loud that this like topped out. My microphone tops topped out. So that's a really good sign. Um, but uh, yeah, I feel like I've only mostly gotten that from people who've actually met me uh, from like, yeah, people. Because I don't feel wise beyond my ears. You yeah. know, I feel or if I'm wise beyond my ears, I feel like 30, you know, and I'm 26. So I feel, I feel maybe like a couple years off, but not like, yeah, I don't feel very wise. Yeah. All right. Well, now you are a, you are a SoCal native. You, you, have you heard this show at all? Do you know this show at all? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. Totally. Good. Oh, good. So you know that it's kind of, you know, that you're going to, we're going to get into your history here. Can't wait. All right. <laughs> all right. All right. Are you, are you in therapy? May I ask? Yes. And, Indeed. and have you been for a while? Um, yeah, I, uh, you know, I think you just kind of try stuff and I didn't know if I liked it and now I'm trying a new thing. Um, I was in talk therapy for a while and then I, I was like, Ooh, I want to try EMDR. Um, which, you know which is? one is that? No, it's the one where they oh. like basically traumatize you and then they calm you down with like lights and touch and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very hippy dippy. Um, and I went once and then the pandemic started. And so now I just talk to that therapist on Zoom and we so don't do talk EMDR. therapy anyway. So, again. Oh, wow. Um, wow. But I really like her. She she rocks. Did it? Well, now, because that actually is something that was recommended for, I can't, well, 
I, a, somebody <laughs> in my family that was recommended for them. I mean, I don't want to, you know, I can't even divulge my family stuff or, you know, like that's patient privilege. Um, but yeah, but it sounded interesting to me. It's like, kind of like, is it like a depression sort of alternative or anxiety or? It's for PTSD. It's like, oh, okay. it's making sure that your like coping mechanisms match with your life now. You know, I, I, I think I have all these, um, I mean, I know I have defenses up about shit that doesn't matter anymore. You know, mm-hmm. um, I think my, I tend to dissociate. I write about it a lot, but I tend to like not feel when good or bad things happen to me. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just like, you know, oh yeah, someone died. That's sad. I'll yeah. feel that in three years. Right, um, right. So, Someone got married. Hooray for them. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's trying to match up with your emotions. Uh, and I don't know. I think it's working. I, like, cry at movies more and stuff. Yeah. That's – I – it took me a long time because I had – I've had depressive issues forever. Lucky <laughs> me. Born with a bad brain. Uh, <laughs> love my brain oh, trade it's, it it's you know and what you know what sucks about it too is that like then having two kids they have kind of bad brains too you know yeah as much as i feel like i i learned from the mistakes of previous generations not naming names you know in terms of like parenting and doing things mm-hmm. but they still like one of them's nervous and, you know, or they're both kind of nervous. And now, especially with like this fucking COVID stuff, my daughter, who's 15, uh, I I feel like it's going to affect her for the rest of her life. Like she's going to be kind of just nervous. Like she tells me, you know, she says things like, uh, I saw a picture of me and my friends uh, at a party before COVID. And she goes, and it made me so nervous to see us all standing so close to each other. And holy shit, that breaks your heart. But I don't, what am I going to tell her? Like, you know, MAGA, like, don't worry about it. It's all, it's like, no, you need to be scared about this. But it's, I just, I'm just fear that it'll, you know, imprint on her and make her a scared person. Um, Right. I think with for people who are prone to anxiety, but it hadn't really come to the surface yet, uh, it's made people a lot more anxious in ways that they've never dealt with. But I also think that people with crippling anxiety, like a couple of my friends and definitely me in certain ways, like when the pandemic started, I was like, see, the world is horrible and we should be inside all the time. And (laughs) I'm going to bake cookies on day one. On day two, I watched the SpongeBob movie. Like I was, I was ready for someone to tell me to stay inside because the world's a horrible place. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I, uh, that's it. One of my worst tendencies is to recede, is to like, yeah, me too. You know, all right, fine. I'll just stay home. That's fine with me, you know, and, totally. and, and, uh, and that's why there, there were times. It's, I mean, now it's just gotten to be ridiculous, but there were definitely times when I felt like a guilty pleasure and like, oh, I don't have to go anywhere. You know, like, oh, yeah, for sure. Fuck this. I'm staying home. I got my dog and me and that's it, you know. Um, and I also, you know, and having my kids here, at least I had that. I, so I think I had just enough. And podcasts. I pathetically enough, 
fuck when I have to record a podcast, it's like I got to talk to a person today. Yeah. You know, it's uh it's it can be sad. Yeah, I know. There there are like a couple interviews that I did right in the beginning of COVID where like they were totally done with their questions and I'd be like and I feel like I inherited that from my mother. And, uh, you know, that's just the way it goes sometimes. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, just like. Yeah. <laughs> Are you familiar with the Byzantine era? <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. uh, <laughs> you know, I love bird watching. Um, when I, I was starting to say, you're a SoCal kid, right? You're, yeah. You're, uh, yeah. And was your family from SoCal or did they come here from somewhere else? Yeah, my dad is from Idaho, and my mom is from Northern California. Uh-huh. Um, and then they moved here to so that my dad could be closer to work, because he built sets for movies. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, so grew up in Pasadena. Okay. And uh, where he was building sets and living somewhere else, or? Uh, yeah, I, th- I mean, mm, I think the first like two years, I'm going to get this wrong and my mom's going to scream at me, but I was born in Orange County, they had an apartment in Orange County, and then before I can remember, they moved to Pasadena. Okay. Um, I guess the uh, hospital there is called Hogue Hospital, and I told someone I was from Orange County that I was born there, and they were like, Hogue baby. I guess that's a thing. They call themselves Hogue babies, which I think is a would be a horrific band name. <laughs> oh, oh baby yeah that's not good it doesn't good. strike I mean, like and, a good and word who, in me and how fucking southern california is it to give a shit and what attach hospital? prestige to what <laughs> hospital you were born at yeah yeah, yeah. my kid cedar sinai fuck you <laughs> yeah. he was born into privilege yeah exactly yeah he was born into an amazing oncology department <laughs> unlike those swine out there well, how, what was ha- I mean, Pasadena's kind of, I mean, from my perspective, it, A, it's a beautiful old town. It's, it's like such a pretty old place. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I don't, you know, I don't know what growing up there would be like. Is it, is it like, is it like lots of rich kids? Is it, you know? Yeah, it's kind of like pick your poison. Like there's good public schools. Um, and, but I went to a private uh, granola middle school. Mm-hmm. Um and kindergarten and stuff where like you don't have to wear shoes and you don't have grades and yeah. um you're like <laughs> your uh sex ed teacher in fifth grade makes you do like a basically like a virtual reality meditation where you imagine what it would be like to be persecuted for your sexuality. <laughs> um so <laughs> it's uh it was really wild. And then I went to an arts high school called Loxa in I'm I know of it. Yeah, yeah. That was uh, I try to talk my daughter into going there, but she's she's staying. She's been in the same school K through twelve, so she didn't right. want to go. Totally, but I um, I kind of I just love the idea of getting around people who were serious about being creative as soon as possible. Yeah, I think that's you the know, most valuable in comparison. Thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like to yeah. like, I didn't go to college, so uh, I I. I would have been jealous of my friends who went to college and met people who are really into the same thing, but I already had that. Like I, yeah, uh, we call it tour bidding when you like tour uh, and play festivals always at the same time as another band or like you play shows in the same city. And it's like, 
yeah, it's kind of like going on a road trip where your friends are also on a road trip visiting yeah. the same places, and it's so weird. So you go to each other's shows and whatever, but the amount of times that I do that with bands, and I'm like, oh my god, the drummer was in my class, or whatever. Like, it's just cool. Um, oh, there's a lot of kids from your school that are out in bands right now? Yeah, it? just like yeah, out yeah. in the world, or, or visual artists. Um, yeah. My brother went there for visual art, and those kids are... My, my brother... I thought he was going to be kind of like an introverted nerd forever um, because he was super into science and loved like counting things. And um, but then I went to his 18th birthday and I guess I hadn't been keeping track of like his friends and it was just at a pool. And I went and walked in the backyard and there just there were all these topless girls in the pool like, <laughs> hey, what's up? How's it going? Yeah, it's Jackson's birthday. Oh, you're, are you uh, Jackson's sister? That's cool. Like, he doesn't need me at all. He's so cool. Doesn't make any sense. <laughs> How much younger is he than you? Uh, he turned 23 yesterday, so oh, we're okay. like three years apart, yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, that's, yeah, that does not happen often, I don't think, to no. teen boys. Yeah, but I I think we have Loxa to thank for that. He's like, yes. he found his people. Yeah, 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 that's great. Very important step. Now, what what kind of when you were a little kid, were you um, were you were you sort of who you are now? You think or yeah? I mean, I know I was a brat. I know I was a a heinous like you know um, what's her name Rhoda uh, the bad seed child. Right. Like I would hit my little brother and then burst into tears because I didn't want to get in trouble. Right. Um, and would make it about me and like scream. I was like the writhing on the floor kid when we passed something that I wanted and couldn't have in the store. Um, so I think, I think, you know, some things have changed about me, but <laughs> maybe my essence is the same. Yeah. 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 And it's, I mean, was, well, do you, are you going on your own memories of this or is this just the, the line on you that your family has, has created? I I don't have a great memory, so I don't remember a lot of it, but and so I can't tell what's like planted, you know, what's like yeah, stories yeah, no, that I my know. mom told me that I replayed. I have, but I, I have yeah. so many memories I don't trust because totally. it's just something that was told to me so many times, and exactly. I think I just pictured it, and now I don't know whether I it actually happened or I just fabricated it. But I do have one or two visceral memories. Like I have a, a very visceral memory of. Uh, making balls of bread to shove into my brother's mouth. Uh, <laughs> like, I don't think I was trying to choke him, but I right. think it was fun to rip out the inside of bread at a restaurant and roll it up and shove it into his mouth. And I got in trouble and I threw a fit. But I de- And I've heard that story, but I remember shoving bread into my brother's mouth. So. Right, right. Yeah. It's, just, it's an aggressive kind of nurturing. That's really what it right. is. Yeah. It's a very, yeah, fuck Which you is definitely kind of. similar. I love to, you, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I yeah. love you so much you won't be able to breathe. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so, and and is it a happy house? I mean, did you, were you happy to have your little brother along? Or, I mean, and I mean, I don't know if that's an unfair question because, you know. No, not, not at all. Listen. I mean, it's it was my brother's birthday yesterday, so I saw my mom and brother, um, and she told us stories, so I've I actually have recent info about this, but I guess um, 
my grandma like read somewhere that it's healthy to if there's an older sibling to to not mention the baby uh like my grandma had not met my little brother yet when he was just born and home from the hospital um but she didn't want to make me jealous so she came in the door and was like hey phoebe how's it going and i talked to her for 45 minutes without bringing up my little brother who was in the next room and my grandma was really trying hard not to ask about it or whatever and i guess she was like are we heard jackson my brother cry and then uh she was like who what's that and my and i was like oh it's my brother and she was like how's being a big sister and i said it's horrible and like <laughs> and she and she was like nothing about it is good and i was like no nothing um but then we became very close yeah, yeah. so <laughs> yeah well that's good that's yeah. good you, you you got over the initial hump and you got it you know you get, it, it's on him. You're there first. It's on him exactly. to win you over, yeah. Rather than totally. him win or you win him over. He was very passive as a kid, which I think helped. Like he wasn't. We I bullied the shit out of him, but he was just kind of like, okay, yeah, like yeah. A weird bowling ball child. Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, then, uh, are is it are you is it a musical house? I mean, are you guys? Uh, are your folks musical at all? I mean, there's obviously some artistic stuff going on. Yeah, my my parents love music, but not re- like nobody did it professionally or whatever. But as soon as uh, I kind of started playing guitar, it was like every time there was a family party, it was like I, they used to have a uh, um, like a St. Patrick's Day party and they would make me sing Danny Boy every year. Oh, uh, God. Yeah, very traumatizing to me. Yeah. Yeah, that's just that that song too is just She's just why? Uh, just why? Ma- maudlin. <laughs> Ugh, just uh anyway. exhausting. Dang Parents exhausting. don't do that to your children. No. All of you listening, never make your child sing Danny Boy. Um, no. Um and what age did you start playing guitar? I, I feel like I say a different age in every interview, but Man, prob- I don't care. Probably I don't really care what the answer is. <laughs> I only really started to take it seriously when I was like thirteen. Like yeah. started like playing for pleasure and not yeah, just yeah. playing the same like three chords or whatever. Um yeah. Definitely learned a lot of like Neil Young guitar solos because they have like two notes in them. Yeah. Um yeah. And is it uh are you kind? Do you pick it up right away, or did you have to kind of work at it? Like, are you definitely, one of those people? That- yeah, definitely had to work at it. But it's it was the first time I think I realized, like, oh, if you work at it, you're better tomorrow. Yeah. Um, and I definitely I had like a one point five GPA when I graduated high school. Like, I it was nothing else in my life proved that point to me, um, except for music, where I was like, oh, if I practice, then it's like good. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's something that you cared about, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Totally. And were you uh, were you writing songs at that point? Are you thinking like, okay, this is what I'm going to do as soon as you sort of start learning those Neil Young chords? Or Yeah, I think my mom, um, as she would say about other kids, but definitely is true of her, like she made me feel like the sun shone out of my asshole 
Yeah. Um, and so I think before I was good, she was like, you're going to be the next Bob Dylan, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think I bought it. And so, and I attribute that to deciding to be a musician for sure. Really? My really? Over- just her, her enthusiasm. Yeah. Just my overconfidence from a very young age. I was never told like, Hey, can you please not sing in this grocery store very loudly? Like, I think I had a fantasy that someone was going to like scout me, you know, uh-huh. like, uh, go, I used to go to concerts and be like, they're going to, they are going to see from the stage that I can sing and they're going to ask me to, you know? <laughs> so right, right. I just had this like floating through life. I mean, I blame Disney channel. Yeah. That happens all the time on Disney channel. Yeah. High school yeah, musical yeah. fucking filled my head up with lies. Um, but I think it it propelled me into sticking with it, which is good. Now, did you ever, as a young Southern California kid with, you know, access to show business, did you ever think to go that Disney Channel kind of route? Uh, my, I think my mom submitted me for like a contest once uh, that was like a Disney Channel singing competition that was outside of Ikea. Mm-hmm. When I was like 11 mm. and there was a stage and I was going to sing Breakaway by Kelly Clarkson. Mm-hmm. And I think it got like rained out. I can't remember what happened or maybe my mom just saved me from the concept that I lost. Uh, but I remember that pretty well that I was going to sing that. Yeah. Yeah. But there was no there was no uh, trying to get you into Disney Channel shows or anything like that because no. this, that happens out here. You know, I mean, like. It's, yeah. you know, like, you know, my daughter at one point, she had friends that were working or at least kids that she knew in school and who were working. And she said that she was kind of interested. And I always was like, no, I was like, if you want a job, you can wait till you're 16 and you can get a job at in and out or something like you. I don't want them. I just didn't want them working in show business. It's such a scary um uh, it's just, it's just too exploitive, you know. It's it, yeah. at its base, you know, at at its root, it's exploitative. And you got to, you know, even as an adult going into it, it's it's a fucking rough ride, you know. Yeah, to, I feel to like put I a kid into it. I feel like I yeah didn't I didn't know how exploitative it was until like a year ago, maybe. And ha- yeah. and I I just have memories, even just about being like eighteen, nineteen, trying to get signed and make a record, like the amount of situations that I was in where I was like, oh, what? Like, yeah. I wish I could go punch people in the fucking face. Yeah. Like I, I, the way that people talk to me, the way that people try to kind of like trick you into bullshit. It's insane. Yeah. 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 No, she asked, there was finally one time when she asked me like flat out about it. And I, I said, she said like, why specifically why? And and I said, because you're going to be right. around people that say they love you and that they're your friend, but they really just, they're making money with you. They, they're there to make money. Yeah. That's why everyone's there. And, they're, and I said, and you're also going to be surrounded by adults who are judging your face, your body, your voice, your, your prettiness, your, you know, the way you move, the way you, like, you're just... I would be submitting you to a bunch of strange adults 
who do this with kids all the time so that yeah. you could be judged by them. And yeah. I just was like, I don't, I don't think that's healthy. Uh, no, no, it's yeah. fucked. It's, uh, I mean, also like nepotism and stuff is sometimes the only reason that anybody's ever safe. It's like, oh, don't fuck with her. You know who her dad is or whatever. Right. And like, I, I, <laughs> yeah, just insane. Um, I was, when I was like 19, someone tried to scout me for like a movie that was going to be like a musicy movie. Um, and <laughs> I was like sitting in a room full of like these producers and it was me and this other woman were, uh, or like basically child that was also <laughs> going to be in the movie yeah. and they were, and they were kind of talking to us about it and we're like, and this one guy was like, the cool thing about you is that you're like accessible, Lee hot, like I feel like I could sleep with you is the way you look. You know, you're not like too modely. And we didn't want that. We want like excessively attractive. I was just like, luckily I was old enough at the time where I, I was, I was like, oh my God, I really wanted a way out of the movie anyway. So I got, <laughs> I got in the car and was like, mom, guess what this fucking guy said to me? And she thought it was hilarious. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? That's amazing. And then I, when I hung up, I was in my car and I was like, I could have been either five years younger or a different person who would like go home and fucking kill myself, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. like I, I am lucky that I thought it was funny and that my friend and I were like, so trying hard not to do the movie. We thought it sounded adorable. Um, but yeah, just like, I was like, how careless, like he didn't know who I was. He, he, fucking could have said that to somebody who it could have totally like destroyed their life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's, they get so comfortable talking like that, that it yeah. just, and it, it's not everywhere. It's, you know, it's, it's different. Like I hear from friends that work in different comedy places that like certain writers rooms are like the writers room with a, like with, with like, a gay person there, whether they're a support person or one of the writers, and then just like ridiculously homophobic, typical guy asshole stuff being yeah. said all the time with no, because they're just like, they just get used to this, what you know, what locker room talk or whatever the fuck, but that's just, it's astounding. Um, I see, I, I kind of the ethos for one of my bands called Boy Genius was like, uh-huh. A boy genius is exactly that. Like, we're jealous, not jealous of being an idiot in a room who's loud, but just having a little, like, I feel like I second guess myself, even still, like, if I say something totally normal, or like, I have eight apologies in an email for some reason, or mm -hmm. before I play a song for someone, I'm like, this is stupid, and this part is going to change, or whatever. And I'm like, why do some guys walk into the room and they're like, I am correct, yeah, and my idea is good. Yeah. Regardless of the bad shit, I just wish that I had any sort of connection to that mm -hmm. part of because because people let it go for so long, like and not yeah. like abuse and stuff. But like, I guarantee you <laughs> people would have taken me seriously earlier if I'd been like, even if they were scared of me or whatever, if I had just been like, that idea is bad or like, you're a fucking idiot guy yeah, yeah. who said that to me. Like, right, I just right. wish I had a little bit more of that. Um, earlier. Right, right.
Yeah, no, that guy definitely, someone needs to say something to that guy. In fact, (laughs) after we're done here, I'm going to get his name. I will write him a sternly worded email that will turn Uh, him around. Oh, that'd be great. (laughs) I actually should just like, I don't, he was so boring. I don't even remember what his name is, but I should just like, I would love to just kind of carelessly throw it out one day. Ruin his, ruin his Tuesday. Yeah. Well, that, and that thing too, of that sort of like, just natural sort of, the only, that can be a really helpful thing. And that's like the one, like I envy that in people. And I, like the other thing that I envy in people is the people that just have to create. Cause like, I'm okay with like making dinner, you know, like that takes up my creative energies and I'm like, all right, I'm set for a while. Um, but that, that thing of, of, that cocky confidence. I I will say that from my perspective of being on a talk show for a million years, it was always kind of fun back when we, you know, before everything changed, like, cause the show's a half an hour now and it's essentially, it's really kind of a different show now. And, but when they'd be like the second or third guest that would be the, you know, the fourth star on some new WB show that was just booked uh, who knows why? And it was always great when this person would come. It was always men would come out and nobody, you know, it's like, here he is, you know, John Hershiser and John Hershiser <laughs> would come out with this attitude, like the stop and pause and soak it yes. in, then stroll over, stop and pause and soak it in again. And you could just feel that he couldn't feel this collective, like, who the fuck are you, man? Sit down, yeah. like just go over and sit down. And that was like the only instance too, where I could feel like, Oh, that's a place where you got to, you have to earn that. Like you have to do, have to kind of earn. And that's why I think, you know, like that kind of presence and that kind of calm usually comes with time. You're right. That like the, the people that have it right off the bat, I don't know. I, I hope they get their comeuppance if they don't have it to back it up. I also forget that actors are just theater nerds, successful yeah. theater nerds. Like I forget yes. that. I'm yeah. just like, and and I find sincerity, you know, maybe childhood trauma, whatever. But like, I find sincerity very hard to handle. Mm-hmm. Like when people are like, "Oh my god, you're doing so well!" Like, so proud of you. Like, this is great. Live, laugh, love, whatever. Um, even in a not corny way when my very close friends are like, can we just take a very genuine minute to appreciate everything? I'm like, get the fuck away from me. Um, yeah. But I'm, yeah, I, I am never not surprised when an actor opens their mouth and is like, la, 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 la. And I'm like, uh-huh. you're so hot, though, like on <laughs> screen and stuff. Like per- people's personalities are yeah. amazing to me. It's also uh, the other, the other, uh, uh, other one of those that I have encountered often is uh, musicians are band nerds. Oh, you know, like, you know, like, and so you'll meet like a cool rock star and then realize like, Oh no, you're just like, you're Chad, the guy that, you know, played timpani and in high school. Yeah. 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 I lost my virginity to a um, timpani player actually. Oh, Loxa. Go at it. He's so, so safe. A great, a great, um, introduction to my sex life was like uh yeah in the orchestra you'd like put on little gloves and like 
ring a little bell and then go over and hit the timpani. It was yeah, yeah. Oh, it was amazing to watch. Like the nerdiest, the nerdiest place. So right. good. Yeah. It's like a fancy waiter with doing a table side, you know, flambe. Yes. You know, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and Very it only impressive. like sometimes in some pieces it only it comes every whatever like ten minutes. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. he's like ramping up for like the big triangle moment. <laughs> so fun. Yeah, yeah. Like not even like a drummer, like yeah. a percussionist. Yeah. Um he's a sick drummer though. Yeah. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. Looking for some amazing TV to stream? Indulge yourself with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the gang on How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons are now streaming on Hulu. Then you can move to Modern Family, Schitt's Creek, and My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits, streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. Now we're talking. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, Like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Can't you tell my love's a growing? Now, uh, when you get to that high school, I mean, is it is it a, is, is it easy to fit in there? Because kind of, you know, I imagine like there's a lot of misfits. I mean, it's I imagine it's kind of <laughs> like you know, I mean, is it easy to fit in as a, like a collection of misfits, or is there still kind of like it's just hard to picture like the cool kids, like the the jock and the cheerleader at an artsy school. Yeah, they weren't jocks and cheerleaders. They were American apparel models slash uh, visual artists. I see. Or, I mean, the ultimate cool kid was someone who dropped out to go be famous. Um, like Zoe Deutsch did that. I was so jealous. Yeah. Uh, we were like in the same year and then she dropped out and became a huge movie star. And I was like, God damn it. But so, yeah, a lot of the popular kids just stopped going to school. Um, but But there were some... You know, I think the, the visual art kids were always the coolest. Like, even if you were handsome or gorgeous as a theater kid, you kind of had to like, you know, we've all seen you put on blacks and do a tableau or a movement class. And that's humiliating. Yeah. Like, you can't be cool in high school, no matter how good looking you are. 
and uh, and do a tableau. Um, what is it? I don't even know what that is. You know, me neither, really. I think it's just an... I think, from what I gather, it's like a uh, an excuse to do a play with, like, no setup whatsoever. Oh. Like, like I, I feel like I've seen a lot of them that are basically almost like slam poetry and stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm going to get in trouble for... for uh, I'm, I'm going to get schooled on what a tableau is, but all I know is, like, lots of stomps and clapping and, like, and scene. Um, so yeah, usually usually visual art kids were pretty cool. Band nerds were band nerds and uh, you know dorks. Yeah. Um, dancers were like nobody. Nobody even. They were like kind of. It's like Twilight. Like they were like, like the vampires in Twilight. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Where you're just like, oh, nobody talks to those kids, so they're kind of separate from. They're so gorgeous and yeah, work so hard that nobody ever sees them. Right. Um, Gen- and generally, yeah, they're not. They're not <laughs> there was one there was one uh very amazing dancer who sat next to me in science class who uh I had not done my homework and so I was copying her homework. So I mean she's smarter than me in many ways. Um <laughs> but she uh she wrote the word what was it? It was uh um slowins. She was like the ball slowens when it reaches terminal velocity, and I was uh, like, "And that's who you're copying off of?" Yeah, that was who I was copying. That's where I was in high school. Slow. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, slow in the car. Oh, there was another dancer who I said must- uh, we were supposed to do like papers on royalty, and uh, we like just at the end of class our history teacher was going around asking who we were all doing our papers about. And this girl was like, I'm going to do my paper on the Duke of Ellington. (laughs) Yeah. Legendary. That's fantastic. Yeah. The Duke of Ellington. Yeah. Now, are you, uh, what's your place in school? Are you known as, (laughs) you know, what, what, what were, what was your rep? Um, I, very gay, very gay looking. Um, It was really hard. I feel like the boys that I dated in high school, um, like the girls in high school just kind of gravitated towards me. Like if someone, if someone was like feeling adventurous, they'd be like, I hooked up with Phoebe this weekend. Um, But, oh, (laughs) God damn it. Uh, People keep calling me. I'm so popular still to this day. Um, But it stopped my recording for a second. Anyway. um, Yeah, I like. I, when I had a crush on a boy, I would, it would be like four months of hanging out every day. And then them being like, oh my God, you have a crush on me? Like, are you straight? Uh, so yeah, like I literally had like a shaved head. Um, and, uh, I, I was the cop from Reno 911 for Uh Halloween one year in the little booty shorts. That was, yeah legendary i actually made out with a a current day instagram model that night um yeah but i feel like i was a little i have no i i i'm i was so embarrassing like i don't know um if i was yeah i was really embarrassing and my best friend Haley, uh who's rad she's in a band called sloppy jane and i was i played bass in her band yeah. And um, she shaved her eyebrows off and drew them on every day and wore like platform goth shoes. She's like a cyber goth. 
Um, and that's yeah. my best friend who I walk around with all the time. So, <laughs> so I have no idea like what people thought of me, but I'm sure it's humiliating. Yeah. What, I mean, why do you think, why did you shave your head? I mean, were you, was it just pure kind of creative randomness or did, was there something you were going for? I had bleached it and dyed it so many different colors that it was just like dead. I yeah. think like it was hot pink for a while. Um, and then, yeah, I just thought it would be cool. And then my girlfriend, uh, had a shaver and she did it in the bathroom, like while we were ditching class, uh, she like did like little like leopard print designs into my mm-hmm. head too. It was, yeah. Pretty interesting. Yeah. 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 There was a lady at the farmer's market for years and years who always had a leopard, a leopard shaved <gasps> head. I've seen her. It was like and, dyed. And a Great Dane. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You know her? I used to busk at that farmer's market. The Hollywood farmer's market? Oh, yeah. So I did the, um, I didn't have a job in high school, but I would go every weekend to the Pasadena one and the Hollywood one. Oh, really? Because um, they were on different days. Is that right? Or would I just pick? I can't remember. But um, Hollywood, worst tips. Um, Pasadena, way better tips. Yeah. But I liked the Hollywood one more. It was more fun. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a museum of weirdos. It's yeah. That's why yeah. I love it. Totally. Yeah, yeah. I probably saw you play in there then. It's, you know, sorry, For it sure. didn't make an indelible impression. <laughs> Maybe you should have rocked harder. Yeah. I should have gotten scouted, dude. Yeah. <laughs> no, because I used, I mean, I, I, I I live in Burbank now, but I used to go there uh, every Sunday morning, either with my kids. I mean, like the people there saw my kids grow up. Like when my yeah. kids come with me now, they're like, what the fuck? How'd that kid get that big? <laughs> um, do you start writing songs in, in high school? And yeah, you start a, sharing them? Yeah, we I played shows all the time with my bands. Um I made a couple different bands. Uh, one was called Einstein's Dirty Secret. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to sneeze. <laughs> um, yeah, one was Einstein's Dirty Secret. One was Phoebe and Gesundheit, the Demon. Oh, thank I, you. I don't believe that demons are going to get in your nose, but I just it feels rude. I don't think so either. Something. But it's a but it's a it's a cool concept. Yeah, it's just yeah. It's the yeah, one my, moment when your body lets its guard down and. I right, because isn't it because isn't it because like your heart stops and they used to think the that's what this is what my grandpa told me is that your heart stops for a second so the devil can can get in your soul, mm. which I love. Right, I love that energy. Um. Anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it seems I played shows easy. Like for the devil to get in your soul, that seems easy. Totally, I feel like yeah, the devil can do it either way. I don't think he was really waiting for you to sneeze. Yeah. But, but yeah, so I played shows. I would like pay to play shows and then like hustle tickets at school. Um, like you pay whatever it is. Like, I mean, stressful, like maybe like 500 bucks and then you have to sell 500 bucks of tickets or whatever. To get into a show. Wow. So, so if you play like the Troubadour, not to get the Troubadour in trouble, but I know they used to do this. Uh, same with whiskey, um, El Rey. We did it once at the El Rey, where you buy the tickets, you buy all the tickets, and then it's your job to sell the tickets. So you're oh, wow. your own promoter. Basically, are you headlining? Or are you you have the whole night? Or or well, there were a couple. Or- 
because it was a because it was a uh, art school. There were a couple different bands. There was this really cool band called Hazel that was like uh-huh. um, my friend Angelica Garcia. Uh, There's a band called Kitten, which was led by uh, Chloe Chidas, who um, wasn't in our same high school, but everybody in Kitten was in my band mm-hmm. and went to Loxa. So it was just, it was it would be like one kind of like a night of teenagers in bands. Uh, it was pretty fun, but like the opposite of a house show. Because you're, like, yeah. in West Hollywood and you're all dressed up and whatever. But then I, I did play quite a few house shows as well, uh, especially with Sloppy Jane. Sloppy Jane was my band with my best friend where she wrote all the songs. I just played bass. But we'd literally go play in, like, Riverside at, like, a party. And then there was, like, a trash can fire and, yeah. like, the police. Yeah, um, yeah, That was yeah. really fun. That does sound fun. Now, wait, uh, but... Are these songs, you know, I think, I think about like as being as revealing as you are in your songs. And I mean, in those days, were you that revealing? And, and when you're that young and that, you know, so fragile, I mean, kids are fragile anyway, but then to be sort of spilling your guts on stage for strangers, uh, that seems like crazy brave i have a i've been thinking about this a lot because for some reason the reason i say i was embarrassing as a little as a teenager is because i think i thought that like i wasn't interesting without like trauma stories yeah i was like you know well my dad did this or whatever um but it was always the weirdest stuff like i think that i did have a traumatic childhood but i would like make up weird shit or like or um yeah i don't know i wanted to be basically like a manic pixie dream girl style like i think i put on kind of a fake personality um and so my music early on it sounded like music i listened to but like i had i was totally straight edge and i had kind of a song about drugs although i i mean tons of my friends did them and it was hard to watch but like i don't I don't think I learned how what I like about my writing now is that is that it's kind of direct and the best stuff to me is when I'm like, can I say that? Like, is that is that music or is that cheating or is this going to piss somebody off? And those end up being kind of my favorite lyrics. Um, But I I did definitely didn't know how to do that. I almost talked in like a different voice, almost like old Englishy or something Um, like yeah, yeah like, there's a what's a sample of that if you there's if, a song on my first record that's about Sid and Nancy where I say like for to mean like you know because and weird stuff yeah. like that uh, yeah, yeah. that I don't do and now I really try to kind of keep it exactly my the way that I talk yeah um yeah like you know SAT vocab words and right flexing all sorts of weird stuff and um. And I think once I like stripped all that back, it became easier to write songs too. It was so hard to write songs then. And I almost never did it because yeah. <laughs> it stressed me out. Like I liked having songs, but I didn't like writing songs. And then once I kind of cut the bullshit, I, I think it became easier. Yeah. They always say, you know, like they talk about Springsteen's early songs, And I'm not like a big Springsteen guy or anything, but I mean, you know, he's kind of a big presence and stuff. And they talk about when he, he said in, interviews that when he was writing songs he was just trying to do what bob dylan did 
Yeah. So like all that madman's drummers, bummers, Indians in the sun. That was just nervousness. He just said he would just try and cram as many, you know, little early burly came by in his curly whirly. Like, fuck <laughs> you, man. Cut it out. And uh, But, you know. Dude, think about that, though. Like, actually, like, internalize that. Like, sure. That's poetry. Sure. You know? Nice curly whirly, dude. Dude, you just, yeah. Living life in your fucking curly whirly. <laughs> but yeah, but I think that, that, yeah, you're nervous, you're trying to, and it just, you know, I think that so much of, well, I mean, it's amazing to be that, that creative on that level, that young. Um, like, it, that's when I, when I think about, like, when I think about, some, like, like you, I picture you as like a 19 year old going into the music business. And I think the dad in me is like, oh, no. And you're going to share your feelings. You know, it just, it just is, you know, and as a damaged person, I'm like, oh, what are you doing? <laughs> Why are you writing chum on yourself and going into that shark pool? You know, totally. And, and I mean, why, why do you think you do that? What do you, I mean, I don't think I knew it was a shark pool. Yeah. You know, I think I was, uh, I don't know. I, I want to give myself some credit, though, because I think my protective mechanisms that I did have saved me from a lot of shit. Like, I mean, I had a really bad experience early, um, like right after I turned 20, where I met Ryan Adams and uh, he... God, people keep calling me. I'm so fucking popular. I can't handle it. Um, <laughs> Put it but I don't want to turn airline mode. Yeah, but then it'll disconnect to this microphone that I have oh, that oh, connects to the. Maybe if I turn off my data. No, because it's Wi-Fi. All right, it's we're we're still going. It'll be fine. Okay. Um, it doesn't really matter. It's just a podcast. Yeah, <laughs> um, None of this I was, matter. So yeah, so I met Ryan Adams, and I I really loved Ryan's music, and so. Like, I want to say, like, I walked right into the Shark Tank, but also, like, he tried to co-write on some songs. Like, I showed him some songs, and he wrote very, like, he didn't write stuff that I liked. And I was just like, oh, like, I'm going to go home and change it, which I did. Like, I think even at the time, people I looked up to, their influence, if I, yeah, like, I rejected things that I didn't like, no matter who gave it to me. Yeah. You know? Like, I was like, I... The thing That's I wrote good. was the thing I wrote was better than the thing that the famous guy tried to get me to say in this. So yeah. Um. So as much as as much as I walked right into Shark Tank, I also think that something was like, man, can't wait to get out of here and and create my own safe tank, <laughs> which I did. <laughs> I think. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. did. I mean, I mean, you know, kinda, sorta, uh, because. So and so much of your music too is and I mean and I just I don't I haven't I haven't known your music for a long time. I just kind of I mean I'd heard your name, but I first of all, I'm fucking old. So I am not like in the swim. Well, I haven't, things. I haven't um, been around for that. I haven't been around for that I, long. I know, but, but <laughs> still, but you've been around long but like there's new bands and shit that I hear about that I'm like I don't have any like just that's like I might as well treat that as like Italian hockey. Like I don't, I'm never going to know about that. I might just go be that over there. 
Um, but also too, like your music for me, like kind, of, you, you know, I don't mean not to put you in there, but like the the thing of emo, you know, that that, that kind of like oh, yeah. emotional sort of darker music is fucking hard for me to listen to. Like if it's if it I, if it's bad, it's boring, you know, to mm-hmm. me like emo kind of music, and it's that same thing like you said, like earnestness just is it makes my skin crawl totally david and amy sedaris who i worked with they used to love them they used to call they had a word for like when things were like emotional to the point of like making them uncomfortable they would say it was queer but they would say it's queer they'd always say like that's (laughs) queer about and that's like stuck with me there's so many things that like when people are saying nice things i'm just like that's quar oh i hate it um yeah i'm using that now but it's it's uh as much as i'm kind of a cynic about it and uh, but it's like good stuff that like really it like your stuff is good and really not that you need my you know whatever but like it's hard to listen to your music sometimes Cause it yeah. fucking hurts and I can't imagine what it's like to like pack up your shit in one town and then go to the next town and then like, you know, Hey everybody get ready for my catalog of, of personal bad memories, you know, yeah. set to tunes. It's, it's pretty I mean, masochistic. You, yeah. It's totally masochistic. I, yeah. I, um, like when I sh- I kind of get off on showing people things that I know is going to bother them, yeah. you know, like my mom or whatever. When I'm like, you, yeah, my mom's pretty easy to to make emotional. Uh, I love you, mom. She she rocks. But uh, but yeah, like if I if I if I need somebody to like tell me that I'm great and cry to everything that I show them, it's my mom. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there have been a couple times in the studio, even with Tony Berg, my producer and real father, um, I uh, where he'll just like I can tell he's like fucking what is this torture music? Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. And I like I like that, and I and I it, I take forever to write. I am like extremely deliberate, you know. Like I I'll write a second of something and then if it feels like I'm kind of pushing it too hard I'll I'll leave it alone for like three months and work on something else until mm-hmm. something's obvious to me um so I'm already over it by the time I'm showing it to people let alone playing on tour mm-hmm. um so when people get fucked up at shows as in feel upset or cry loudly I'm like yes I feel <laughs> nothing and you feel pain it's great <laughs> <laughs> that, that is kind of interesting because yeah, it is. It's like a transference. It's like you know, it's yeah. Like you poison me, world. Well, here, I used to feel way worse on opening slots. Like I did a whole Violent Femmes tour, um, and they were all so sweet. But God, their fans did not want to hear my fucking bullshit. Yeah. Um, they were just like, "Who the fuck is this?" Like, yeah. if it's someone's first time hearing something, hate that. But people who come to my shows now, I'm like. Oh, you paid for this. Yeah, you it's know. Like a, yeah, they know what it's like. A for. dominatrix. Yeah, yeah. Um, is, is your is writing a, a process for you that you have to do, or do you make yourself do it? Like, do you feel like, oh shit, I'm getting low on songs, I got to write something, or is it like, do you have writing sessions 
like every like where you set out like today I'm going to write because I don't um, write anything. That's I'm I'm projecting my own sort of like I always have to be like no you have to write something write something right now. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I'm like that. Um, yeah, there's a I think it was Jen Kirkman who tweeted one time like uh, I know I'm trying to write when I clean a drawer or yeah. something like yeah yeah I like organize all my shit when I'm when I'm supposed to be writing. Um, but I think I used to think like, oh, just wait it out and wait till it comes naturally. Like it really doesn't come naturally for me. The yeah. best thing that I write is when I've pushed it a little too far and feel like I'm not getting anything. And I'm like, oh shit, actually I've been trying to get something for that line for like four months and I just did it cause I sat down. Yeah. Um, but it's hard to get myself to sat, sit down. Actually, I have like avoidance behavior around yeah. it. I think, though, too, there might be something, too, even though it seems like you were waiting for the the magical moment, but you really sat down. That could be the same thing, you know, like that, that when you chose to sat down might be because you were ready to to shit out that idea, you know. Totally. It really does feel like shitting. Yes. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah. I love (laughs) shitting. (laughs) My grandma well, I, used to always be like, if anybody was grumpy, or she'd be like, "Did you poop today?" I'm like, "That's mom, like a great, your mom would say." My that grandmother, or, my oh, grandmother, grandmother, like it's and it's it's true. Like if you're like, "Oh yeah, I haven't." That's it why I'm the, upset. It is the thing too that like I, I just am amazed, like how much of everyone's life is spent shitting, or like. <laughs> Or like dealing with shitting, like oh, I sh- yeah. like I had a bad shit today, or you know, or or just you know the aftermath, you know, yeah. of what one can have from shitting, and just it's in like all of us are walking around at some point in most of, in in a good portion of our days with being affected by the shitting, and no, it's not anything any you know. Do you ever, ever go into it? hotel room like a fancy hotel room and for some reason the fucking door is like kind of foggy glass like to the toilet yeah yeah where you're like okay either i'm here with like my mom on a girl's weekend or with someone i'm sleeping with or even a a you know like a marriage what scenario what relationship do you have to a person where you want the sh- the door to where you're shitting to be clear? Right. Like, it doesn't make sense in any... Anything. Except yeah, yeah. for completely alone, and even then, pretty unsettling. Right, right. It's Yeah, no, it's never... It's never... Well, I wouldn't say never. It's occasionally... <laughs> occasionally it's a pretty specific it's, thing. Yeah. Like, occasionally it's kind of like that was fantastic that was transformative but that most should be, of the time yeah. you know yeah no you're right you should have to make that request you should be like hey can we get the room with the clear yeah door can I get the, the can I get the showbiz room <laughs> with the, you know <laughs> with the uh, you know for putting on shows for people yeah exactly yeah and when you start really was was touring the first time that you really started to travel the only time, yeah, I didn't travel much as a kid at all. Uh, the first time I left the country was for music. Um, so, yeah. And how was that? Was it scary? Was it 
exciting? Awesome. Was it all those things? Yeah. It's awesome. It was just like, it felt like real adulthood. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I can just do, I can just go places. That's insane. Like you can yeah. just drive for whatever bunch of hours and be in Oregon yeah, if you yeah. want. Like yeah. it just, I think I felt stuck for a long time. Yeah. And also too, it's like when you start to get, when you start to have money, yeah. when you start to feel like, like I remember, I don't think it was my first time. Well, it was my first time in Europe. I had been to Canada, you know, yeah. uh, but my first time in Europe uh, was shortly after my wife and I were married and we went to visit her sister who was, who spoke French and like, that's what she ended up doing for a living. She's a lawyer now, but for a while she used her, she had a, was a French major and she was an au pair and was studying in France and we went to visit her. And when we landed at De Gaulle, Charles De Gaulle airport, I had this, I remember we were taxiing and we're looking out over like the fields. And first of all, there were a million rabbits, like just like so you just that you could see out the plane window. And I just, which doesn't matter, but I remember, but I had like a panic attack, like that I was landing in a foreign country where I didn't know the language and what was, you know, and with this real panic, like, what the fuck? What if I get separated, you know, from, from the ladies and I'm on my own and what do I do? (laughs) Surrounded by rabbits. Yeah. Surrounded by rabbits. Le Pen. (laughs) And, uh, and then I, and I had this moment of like, and because it was a relatively new thing for me too, you have a credit card. Yeah, you can just totally. go to the airport and buy a ticket and fly home. Like that's like, yeah, you don't have to feel like there's just no chance of anything. You know, like that you'll be stranded. You know, yeah, yeah. I, I isn't that fucked up? Like, yeah. When I got my, when I got a car that wasn't every that breaking down every two seconds and was fifteen hundred bucks to fix every yeah, time yeah. it broke down, and when I got an apartment. I was like, do I even have depression? You know, I was like, yeah, yeah. I was like, man, I can just leave and go places, um, which is so fucked. Yeah. Uh, oh, I want a $6 coffee. You can have one if yeah. you want it. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. I, so like touring in Europe is actually a big point of contention with musicians. Like they, everybody hates it. It's like yeah. it's like UK too. It's like food fucking sucks. Yeah, lots of vegans pissed. Um, you're eating like sausage rolls every day, and mm-hmm. uh, especially if like nobody's coming to your shows, or it's depressing, or like language barrier. You can just get kind of depressed, or it's like yeah. winter and it's dark all the time. But when I went for the first time, I was touring with Connor Oberst, who'd been you know twenty six times, and yeah. And it was my very first time, and my mom made me a scrapbook of things to do in each city. And I would like wake up every day on the bus, uh, you know. And like you can't, you can't shit on the bus, by the way. Yes, like, I, oh, I know, I know. Yeah, I did a, sh- I did a short tour with Conan, and <laughs> I I dumped Durr. out my drink that had a slight lemon peel in it. Right, like I was drinking vodka with just like a slight lemon peel. And I had it, it was empty, and I just tossed the lemon peel into the toilet and flushed it. And three hours later, we were awakened by the bus being pulled over and shit water just <laughs> pouring out onto the luggage. Except there's no shit in it, so it doesn't, it's just pee water at yeah. that point. 
with a oh. little bit of lemon to freshen it up. <laughs> but the you know the guy gets uh, the guy the truck driver gets or the bus driver gets out and he's like they're fixing it and and of course Conan's awake because he's just so wired on just all of it and. <laughs> But the guy actually comes up and holds up the lemon peel. No. Like, you know, I was like, oh, that was me. Sorry. You know, but you yes, know I you... know. Like, what's the point of having the fucking yeah. bus in there if you can't shit in it? But whatever. And if you have to shit, if it's like an emergency, you put a bag over the toilet and have to like throw it away somewhere. I've never had to do that. Thank God. But it's called wow. pot bagging it. Nice. Pot bagging it. as a but, word. There's but a word anyway. Like, I feel like people have this idea of music and comedy and everything that's like, you reach a level and then you're just a famous person walking into golden, lovely yeah. lobbies every day and whatever. And I'm like, no, if you have to take a shit on your tour bus, you have to shit into a bag and you drive in Germany for 15 hours and you stop at a place that the only thing you can eat is peanuts. Like, mm-hmm. it's... It's uh there are there are things about it that are amazing, but the travel part I feel like is what you get paid for. Yeah. Um, but anyway, my first tour, I was like none of that even phased me. I was literally like, when opening for Connor, I was like, this is the life, and I was like going sightseeing and stuff, and I'd bring Connor with me, and he was like, actually, this is it's really fun to be like, I've never thought about tour like this i've never thought about tour because i think he'd been doing it you know since he was like 15 years old yeah um so didn't think about it as like a special like adventure and i was like 22 and was like ah like this is the first day of the rest of my life and yeah let's go to the abba museum and (laughs) (laughs) fuck yes Um, let's go to the abba museum yeah yes well and also your mom made you that because it is like that's one thing i did learn about planning and that was from my very type a uh at least in this area uh ex-wife she everywhere we went i never had to make any plans uh you know it was always just like you know which is actually uh uh evidence of like one of my one of my little neuroses that i need to work on like you know like like why don't you why don't you decide what we do said the talk show sidekick um, you know, it's like, but, but she, and she, and the thing is too, is that she would, she was so good at it. Like she fucking picked Ace's restaurants and amazing, interesting old churches and shit like that. And so I never, and then she'd occasionally get mad and be like, why don't you decide something? And I'd be like, how about this place? That place is dumb. What about That's this me. place? Yeah. Those, those, those people are assholes over there. Well, then how, what do you want to do this? Okay. Well, let's just do what you want. That's what you wanted. And yeah. you know, like I'm fine with you picking. It's okay. Me you know? every day with restaurants. Really? Picky, every picky. single, every single restaurant decision is like, I don't care where we go. And then it's like, how about this? I'm like, ew. <laughs> um, yeah. Me every day. Oh, I hate you. That, <laughs> I hate you. I can't, I have to, I have that with, with like my kids sometimes. It's like, it's just one fucking meal, kids. It's just, it's just fuel. Just, come on. My, my worst trait is probably passive aggression though. Like, it's like, uh, let's go to this place. And I'm like, okay. Oh, do you not want to go there? No, that's fine. It's totally fine. That's great. I'm an adult. 
It's just one meal. <laughs> yeah. How, how's your primavera? Oh, oh it's fine. Uh, Darren, my manager, knows that one time we got sugarfish and he forgot my uh, lobster roll, and now he calls it the, uh, you know, the like the lob the sugarfish incident of 2020. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I I one time I was in a coffee shop in New York City, uh, on it was like down it was like below Soho, so it was like downtown, uh, and I I don't even remember what I was doing in that neighborhood, but I saw and I just knew him from doing shit and show business and talk show stuff and and interview shit. I saw uh, Salt and Pepper's manager, which I think was one of their dads, maybe. Mm-hmm. And he was getting he was getting a carryout order, and I mean it was like omelets and shit. It was like, and uh, and he was being like, you got to have. He's like, what the, you know? Do I have this? Checking everything really thorough. And I said, oh hey to him like that. And as he was doing it, you know, I saw him and I was like, hey, I'm from the Conan. He's like, oh yeah, hi, how are you? And we because we talked, and he's like, this is for the girls, and if I don't get it right, he's like, my whole fucking day is ruined. <laughs> so he was just like, you know. And I can't, he's like, and the, the yeah. worst one is, and I don't remember who, whether it was Salt and Peppa or, or Salt, Pepper or Spinderella, but it was uh, <laughs> one of them. He was like, a particularly like, oh my God, everything has to be perfect. He goes, and it usually yeah. isn't anyway. So you just got to live with it. Well, living in LA sucks for my personality type too. Because Yeah. There's like the endless game of going to a brunch restaurant that's famous for one thing and you get there. And they're like, oh, we're out of the thing that people come here for. And you're like, okay, yes, maybe I'm being a brat. But also, if you were out of it last weekend, maybe get more of it the next weekend. Like, people come here for it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. that's me. I'm, I'm, may I speak to the manager, Phoebe. It's not diamonds. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how, now, you had your latest album... Did it drop? I love to say drop because it's really cool to say drop. Did it <laughs> it's drop? cool to say drop for indie rock or sad yeah. emo. <laughs> yeah, it drops. Did it, did it alight upon the earth? Uh, <laughs> did it settle down from the heavens uh, pre-COVID? It, no, during, during. Oh, yeah. See, that's what I was going to say. And, and yeah. what has that been like? Have, is it? Has it been nice that you've been kind of trapped or has it been because I could see it, it going either way. It hasn't been nice to be trapped. I mean, there are things that are nice about it, but it does feel good to be focused on something. Yeah. Like, I'm glad I already did something that I can talk about. Because yeah. if I was like halfway through and we'd have to stop, which I which happened to a lot of my friends, um, I'd be in hell. Yeah. But instead, I feel some kind of productive. It's like. Yeah, also I did a European press tour without having to leave my house, which is great. You know, yeah. press yeah, tours that's are what I, that's what I mean. famously that, the worst. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Because, like, the the acting side, the, you know, the acting, it's a, the junkets, like the press junkets. Yeah. So it's like a similar thing. Like, if you had a movie or a show coming up, I wouldn't have minded having a movie, although, you know, and then have to be in COVID for the – Cause that's the worst part. Like once it's, it's all part. done, the making of it is the fun part. And then all the stuff that you don't realize you're going to have, like nobody goes into wanting to be a musician and goes like, man, I can't wait to talk to the press. 
Or yeah. the same thing. It's like you notice every but every actor that gets big just stops. They just yeah. don't do it anymore. Yeah, music because it's too. gross and stupid and yeah. repetitive, you know? Um yeah. but what what have you I mean, so it's been okay to do be doing press for the album. Yeah, it's been all right. I guess you get, you know, mildly insulted in the comfort of my own home. Uh <laughs> but but that being said, I also have like randomly great conversations with people every once in a while. Like I definitely am not uh, anti-press and that yeah. is nice. Um, like it, I haven't burned, been burned from it yet. And I have, because I do it so much, like we were talking about earlier, kind of like the fuck you attitude or like, I think I'm getting better at my thoughts, catching up with my mouth. Sometimes when I do get a weird question or something, like I love fucking with people now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when I get the inevitable, like, basically like why do women choose to make music and what do you think about other women that are making it uh like i love answering those questions now it's so fun for me to like scare people yeah, uh, yeah. but then but then yeah like there's uh i feel like people are getting you know maybe it's just because i have more fans now than in the beginning but this record it seems like people do send for their magazine they'll send the person at the magazine who likes me <laughs> Instead oh, of that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A guy. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's fun to talk to those people. Yeah. I have a label now, like a, and. I was, um, yeah, I was going to ask about that. How's, how's that being a mogul? It's great. I love it. But I forgot that I'm just signing up for being involved in those conversations every day. Yeah. Like the shit for other people too. Yeah. Which I'm yeah, like yeah. such a narcissist. I'm like. I'll do my, I'll, you know, I, I feel like we actually really care about my bios and stuff. Like our, uh, what was it? Like for Better Oblivion, we did something super weird where it was like, I, it was like a conversation with a fake journalist and Connor and I were being really mean to the journalist and each other, um, and just sent that out as like our bio. Um, yeah. and like my bio on this one that we sent just to press was like my favorite author, um, so, so like I have fun with kind of like the shitty side of it. Yeah. Uh, but then I forgot like just how much I was going to have to think about that shit and people throw out shit like EPK and, and fucking DSPs and stuff to me all day. And I'm like, what? I just, I just logged into Slack. I think I tried to make a Slack channel and I accidentally made like five accounts for myself. Like I'm, I'm trying, I'm learning how to be like a corny guy who hangs out at Soho house on the laptop all day. That's going to oh, really? be in like yeah, a yeah. year. Totally. I don't even, I don't even see that's like Slack is something. I don't even know what the fuck that is. I hear about it, but I don't, I don't know what it is. You don't you have know, to tell me. I don't, I'm going to investigate. I don't know yet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, I'm torn by that too. Cause every time that I think I'm not doing enough and then I, and especially now during COVID, you know, I'm, I'm supposed to be storing up, like all these fucking awesome ideas that when we get out of the house, I'm going to just take Hollywood by storm. But right. Of course I'm not doing a fucking thing, but, uh, but I just, uh, I, I realize any sort of success always comes with the meetings, you know? Mm -hmm. And it sounds really like a babyish kind of thing, you know, no, but true. yeah, but it just, it does. It's the, it's one of my the, favorite tweets the other day was every day there are emails yeah. That's how I feel. Yeah. Every fucking day. Yeah. There's emails. I always, I, it's like the eat your vegetables of, yeah. of your life. It's like, 
oh, you like the good part. Well, you also have to do this. This this is part of it. Like, yeah. I don't have any... Uh, the only thing I believe in is, like, yin and yang. Like, every time you get a good thing, something gets taken away, or you also get a bad thing. Like, there's just the nature... Yeah. A natural strive towards balance to just keep us all humble, I guess. Um... <laughs> So what drove, I mean, you, you got a record label now. What, what was the, uh, what drove you to do that? I mean, not every artist does that. I mean, I, it's probably a good thing because then you get to, it's your own label. You get to put your own shit out. Yeah, I think um, I was just meeting a lot of people who had really bad experiences at their label and I felt the opposite. I was like, man, I, I love Secret, Secretly Canadian and Dead Oceans. Like I've had nothing but good experiences with them. And uh, when Connor and I did Better Oblivion, uh, it went so well that then he signed Bright Eyes to Dead Oceans. Um, And then I kind of brought it up, like, I'd kind of love to keep signing people to the label. And they were like, yeah, hell yeah, let's do it. Um, So yeah, I want a label technically, but I don't want to have to organize it. And it's, you know, it's like a huge team of people who each have a specific job that yeah. I can't do. So it's really, uh, it's really fun. It's been really yeah, fun. Yeah. yeah. It's like little Lord Fauntleroy into, you know, like, here's what I want. And then you can just like <laughs> yep. skip out when you want. Now, when you, when Connor or when Connor decides, uh, to do that, do you like, is, are, are you seen as the person as like, you know, did you scout him? Like, do you get a, a, a percentage? Kept, like, did they give kept, you like a little taste of the sign? You no, know, I should. I hope the label's listening to this because I should have gotten a fucking signing bonus for Bright Eyes because I had brought you guys that. But um, no, instead they gave me a record label. <laughs> or like, all right, I'm like, you keep I mean, doing this not, and we'll pay not, you next time. That's not so bad, I guess. No, not so bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, now, I mean, are there specific things you're looking? you're looking to do i mean you know the second question of this three questions thing is you know where you're going and i mean and aside from more music is there anything that you're i think and whenever i get like a what are your hobbies and what um you know what do you like that's not music or what would you do if it wasn't for music i can only think i'm such a it's like a Spicoli answer where I'm like, I don't know, like listen to music, <laughs> you know, like yeah. uh, maybe I'd maybe I'd produce records. Like I cannot think of a job that doesn't have to do with it. Yeah. Um, so, but but that being said, I'm interested in every kind of facet. So if it's like, yeah, if it's like producing or doing a movie score or like something weird that I haven't done that still has to do with music. Um, I love that shit, you know, yeah. like I, I love kind of like the Danny Elfman, like business model. And, uh, but that being said, I would also love to like run away and live in the woods and have like yeah. 56 pug dogs. Um, but maybe it can all happen at once. Yeah. That's, I mean, cause that's what I, I often, Something I find with people in creative endeavors, uh, careers, is that there is like a very common fantasy of 
fuck it all. I'm going to disappear and I'm going to go somewhere. And so it's, it's interesting to hear you say, or, or there's like a, you know, like maybe I'll quit and, you know, go to college and become like, you know, fucking Brian May is an astrophysicist, you know, that. Yeah. So sick. And it's just like, they'll do that kind of thing. And you'll hear about that occasionally. Um, But and for me, it would be like, I don't know, you know, I now at this point, I don't have any marketable skills. But in the, <laughs> a given day, it would have been like, you know, I don't know, work at a zoo. I like animals. Um, yeah. So it's interesting that you're uh, and it's nice. And you, and you should count yourself lucky that you're, you know, it's just music and that you can't, you know, that you're not so sick of it. Um, yeah, my first tour was called the Farewell Tour because uh-huh. I always think that's funny when people like quit. And then they come back. Yeah, the last a, tour. Yeah, do a yeah. reunion tour. Yeah. Um, I think I've seen Guided by Voices last tour like eight times. Yeah, uh, Black Sabbath did that too. Yeah, they had totally. they had like four. This is it. You better come. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um. Well, uh, I guess. It, it, I mean, is there anything else? You just you just more music, more. Uh, yeah, there's more music and you want to get yeah. a better apartment. Get I will about? definitely get I will definitely move. Um but yeah, I'm like a I'm I'm kind of obsessed with it. It kind of feels like being like, you know, like it's like a storm blanket for a dog. Yeah, you yeah. know, it's just like I'm squished in here. Yeah, because I don't think we it, it, what we were talking about your apartment before we started recording and you've been there for 7 years. Yeah. Yeah. And uh and you uh, have you outgrown it or are you just totally there's nowhere to play music one time i was playing very soft guitar in here and someone yelled shut the fuck up through my window so yeah it's time it's time to get the fuck out <laughs> uh, everyone's so yeah critic. i'll I'll, I'll move i'll get another dog and i'll uh probably just try to have my job again again i haven't had my job for that long yeah my, my first record came out three years ago and I've been on one tour cycle. Can't wait to go back. My goals are for the pandemic to be over. Yeah. That's that's my goal in life. That's good. That's a good <laughs> yeah. one. Well, then there, the third question is the what have you learned? Like, uh, you know, you're young, but you've, you, you have to know something. Uh, something, anything. Jesus Christ. Just something. Um. I, I mean, my my real advice is for my younger self or whatever is, like, you, yeah, like, you are the reason that, hmm, I don't know. Like, if people, if people try to tell you that they're going to, like, help you out by signing you to some shitty contract or something, like, you are what's cool about that situation. You are not lucky to be offered that if you believe in like the stuff that you make, you will find people that you want to work with. You don't have to work with people. Yeah. Um, I think that's like a real lesson, but also, um, pee after sex is a, (laughs) is another one that I wish I had known. So that's not that, you know, your mom did some good, you know, she made you feel special that gave you a sort of a sense of yourself and, and you were strong enough to stand up for yourself in situations, but she really dropped the ball on that one. 
She really did. Um, yeah. She, you know, she's a comedian. Is she? She got divorced um, pretty late. Like, my parents weren't really together my whole life, but then they officially got divorced in my early 20s, and she yeah. hit the ground running, started doing comedy. Um, but, yeah, she has a funny story about me, like, sending her some very revealing photo and being like, is this an STD? Um, and, uh, she told that joke on stage when I was in the audience at her first ever comedy show. So she's really funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's nice. What a nice story. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, uh, somebody was on the show when my son was in high school, somebody who just had a baby and was taught, they were talking about circumcision and then they, the guy turned to me. I can't remember who it was. And was like, is your, do you have kids? And are they? And I was like, I was like, yeah, I, I said, I have a son. And I said, yeah. And I said, but he's not circumcised. And then I was like, oh, hey, everybody at my son's school. <laughs> By the way, Will's not circumcised, everybody. I realized, like, oh, fuck, right. That's a teenager I'm talking about. That's not a baby. Oh, shit. Yeah. Anyway, enjoy. Love that. Yeah. Well, Phoebe, this has been a, a, a really, really fun, a really a joy to borrow a Jimmy Pardo. Um, <laughs> it's a joy. You're a joy, uh, <laughs> and and uh, and I and I love your work so much. And I'm and you're just you know it's a, it's amazing. Uh, just you you make beautiful music that just you wouldn't expect a someone your age to make. I don't know if that's a compliment. You know, I it mean, totally it totally is. Okay, everybody good. wants everybody good, wants because that that's I, yeah, because it's like it's real. You know, just some of your stuff is just so the the writing is just so beautiful. And you have a beautiful voice too, but who gives a shit about that? <laughs> it's the words. The thank words you. are the important part. So, um, thank you so much for taking time. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks so much. This has been sure. so fun. And good luck. And I'll see what I can do about. Uh, getting the pandemic over so you can get yes we thank you very and, much and retake the world yeah all right everyone thank you for listening uh this has been another episode of the three questions god knows if there will be more in this world in these times but uh come back next week and you know if there isn't anything you can just listen to the silence bye Got a big big love for you The Three Questions with Andy Richter is a Team Coco and Earwolf production. It's produced by me, Kevin Bartelt, executive produced by Adam Sachs and Jeff Ross at Team Coco, and Chris Bannon and Colin Anderson at Earwolf. Our supervising producer is Aaron Blair, associate produced by Jen Samples and Galitza Hayek, and engineered by Will Beckton. And if you haven't already, make sure to rate and review The Three Questions with Andy Richter on Apple Podcasts. This has been... A Team Coco production in association with Earwolf. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack.